January 1st. Woo! I love this day. Do you guys like January 1st? I love this day, man. It is the time that we get to think about our lives. Uh, we get to think about what happened last year, maybe good and bad, where we want to go next year. And uh, I just like this. And this year I have an added bonus uh, because this week I turned 50 years old. And so, yeah, woo, made it woo, downhill from there, right? So not only, not only am I seriously thinking about like it's 2017, what do I want to accomplish? You know, what do I, how do I want to change? But I'm also thinking about like, what do I want to do before I die? Because I'm closer to death now than birth, right? It's like, whoa, I mean, 50 is like this milestone. You've kind of made it over the hill and then you're just kind of going back down from there. And so it is a kind of an interesting time for me to think about a lot of things. So and there's so many areas that we kind of look at when it comes to New Year's and resolutions, health, fitness, uh, personal, spiritual growth, relationships, finances. There's so many different things that we can have in the forefront of our thoughts. Well, I want us to kind of just challenge us this year and, and this month as we move into this series, but also it's just kind of starting today. I want us to think about as a community, as an individual that's part of a community, that's part of this body of believers, a family here at Rancho Community Church. And I want us to consider our mission, thousands of friends advancing the cause of Christ. We've talked about that so much, and I want to talk a little bit more about it today again. Uh, how might this become more of our focus this year than ever before? And I was thinking of Paul when he talked about pressing on in Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I think we could take that and kind of apply it to us as a church. Hey, we haven't obtained, we haven't been made perfect. We're not perfect at being thousands of friends advancing the cause of Christ, but we want to press on. We want to take hold of and live out more and more each and every day as individuals that make up this community advancing the cause of Christ. But that always brings up a question. What is the cause of Christ that we're advancing? We've talked about that in our staff. I talk about it with people that ask that question. And I think it's a legitimate question. And it feels like almost the more I try to narrow it down, the more questions that come out. So this is what about, because we have the what abouts, what abouts, what abouts, because all of us might have different ideas and different things we think as being the cause of Christ. I work with high school kids and then they go off to college and then something gets in their head and they just think the whole world should be about what I'm about. And it's just kind of how we work. If I was to look at everyone in here because of circumstances, situations, things you've experienced, you might have a doubt. Well, this is the cause and we all should be on that. So there's a lot to think about. When I think about the reality, the cause of Christ can be very fluid. It could cover a lot of different things based on circumstances, what's going on in the world, what's going on in my own life. And so it can be a real issue and it could be a bit of a challenge. So I wanna talk about that a little bit today. And there's a couple of verses that stood out to me as I was thinking about this. The first one is Psalm 133.1. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And then I thought of Romans 15, 5. May the God who gives us endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. But the one that really got me was a prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus prayed, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me 
and have loved them even as you loved me. Seems like Jesus had this desire, that Jesus had this cause for us to be unified. So that the idea, may we press on towards unity as thousands of friends advancing the cause of Christ. That's what I want us to think about. May we press on towards unity. And that might sound so simple, but for any of you that have ever lived in a family or have had a relationship, you understand that unity is not as easy as you think, is it? Unity might not be as easy as you think. It might be a little bit more difficult. And also when we talk about that unity, people ask the same question. What unified in what? What do you mean by unity? What are we unified in? I mean, are we supposed to be unified in what we believe? Is that the focus? And if it is what we believe, then in what areas of belief are we to hold on to with like a white knuckle? Like we will not, not, we will only be unified if you believe the same way. That what are the areas? What are we going to hold on to? Or can we be unified even if what we believe differs? Can we be unified? Even if what we believe differs. I went, I went into my office and I pulled out a couple books. Youth ministry in the 21st century, five views. Or I had this one, the meaning of the millennium, four views. Then I went on to my Kindle and I took some pictures of my Kindle. Four views on hell, five views on biblical inerrancy. Then I went to Amazon. Don't go to Amazon, right? Here's what I got on Amazon. Four views on divine providence, four views on free will, Four views on the book of Revelation. Four views on a historical Adam. Four views on the role of works at the final judgment. Four views on eternal security. Four views on our miraculous gifts for today. Three views on creation and evolution. Four views on science and Christianity. The reality of what we believe does differ. And I want to sit there and say, I think it differs way more than we can ever imagine. With a group even this size, I bet you I can bring up a certain statement that probably all of us would say, like, if we're Christians, we'd say, oh, yeah. But then if we really sat down and said, okay, tell me what you think about that, we might go like, what? what? Uh, Jesus is Lord. We sang a song, Jesus is Lord. We'd all go, oh, yeah, Jesus is Lord. You know how controversial what that means is? If we really sat down, how diverse we might be and what we actually believe about that statement. So I feel that if we were to focus on what we believe too much for our unity, we might be in trouble. We might actually continue to do what the church has been doing for years and years and years, divide and devouring each other over differing views. You look at the history of the church and how they've handled theological differences. It's crazy. Different thoughts, different applications, all these kind of things. Matter of fact, it was even going on, I believe, in the early churches to the point where Paul in Galatians 5.15 says, man, guys, if you keep biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now, special note right now. Okay, if you've been sleeping from New Year's Eve, now's the time to wake up, okay? Because I want you to get this part. It's uh, really important. It's not that we don't have those beliefs. 
And it's not even that I don't think, I think we should grow in our knowledge. We should grow even in our confidence in things we should believe. We should study and we should get to understand those doctrines even more. I think that we should even be more open to wrestling through them, discussing them, even disagreeing and deliberating with each other about them. I think we need to be able to do that. But I believe we need to decide not to divide over them but to build a community made up of people with these differences. The Bible is full of people that wrestled with different thoughts, different theologies, different ideas of God. It's all over the scriptures. You see Paul, I don't want Mark to come with me. Well, he can come with me. Well, you guys think that I'm going to the elders. I'll show you a thing or two, you know. I mean, it's all over the New Testament, the Old Testament. And this has been a journey for me as well. Just about 25 years ago, I was at a church where I was helping lead the youth group. I got to teach a bunch there. And what we believed was in many ways the foundation of our unity. I mean, we had uh, pages of what we believe on almost every theological stance. And there was a major doctrine that I began to wrestle with and I began to question and struggle with whether I believed in it or not. And it was from reading some awesome Christian thinkers, R.C. Sprawls, John Pipers, different guys that began to get me thinking differently. And so I went to my supervisor and I began to express, hey, I'm having some difficulties in some of this stuff. Could we talk about it? And I wanna tell you, I got shut down almost immediately. And it was like, you can't teach that. And I remember saying, well, what if I taught that there's another view out there and we could talk about there? Nope, you teach what we teach or you don't teach. And I came to realize real quickly that I am not gonna be able to be there and be able to engage in discussions about theology and doctrines. Wasn't gonna happen. So almost nine years ago, nine years ago in March, Scott asked me to come here to Rancho and work with him. And I could tell you, let me give you a little history of my relationship with Scott. The previous 12 years, uh, we were both youth pastors in town here. And we used to get together about every other week, once a month, and we would just talk. I and mean, we'd get together for two or three hours and we would talk. And we got to the point where we could tell each other anything that we're thinking, that we're reading, that we're struggling with, the crazy middle of the night ideas. You guys all know what I'm talking about? And we could just come and just go... Oh man, okay, I'm thinking about this. What do you, now, if any of you know Scott, he can come up with some real crazy ideas. And so we would get in these discussions. And I want to tell you, this became some of the most enriching, challenging, encouraging discussions about anything that we were wrestling with or thinking about. And it was one of the reasons why, seriously, one of the reasons why I accepted his invitation to come here to Rancho. Because I knew that even though Scott and I had our differences, we also had a common focus. We had a common unity that I believed that even if our theological stances or thoughts changed, that our unity would not. And I want to tell you, our theological stances have changed over the last nine years. Sometimes we go together, sometimes we go this way. But in the midst of that, over the last almost decade, our unity, I believe, has done nothing but grow. Our unity has grown. I can tell you there's two main things that we 
always come back, always find ourselves unified in, that we stand on, that we build upon, that we focus on. Number one is our unity is focused on the belief and trust that we are loved by God through Christ. Our unity is focused on the belief and trust that we are loved by God through Christ. Now, believe me, you, that is not all we talk about. We talk about so many different thoughts and beliefs and philosophies, theological ideas, applications of those ideas, thoughts about the church, what the church should look like, what the church should do, what the church shouldn't do. Man, the the list goes on and on. But at the end of the day, our desire is to reveal God's grace to anyone that walks through these doors. That is our desire. We want people to know that you don't have to work to receive God's love. You don't have to do some jumping through some hoops or rub the bottle in the right way or do this or do that or say, man, it's more about this idea that we are having our eyes open to the reality that we are loved by God. Through the work, the death and resurrection of Christ shows us that. Let's look again at the prayer of Jesus. Check out John 17, 23. Remember this prayer? He said, he's praying to the Father. May they be brought to complete unity and let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What a powerful passage. He is saying, man, I want them to come in unity because I want the world to know That as the father loves the son, the father loves us. I I can't even fathom what that means. I think when we cross from this life to the next, one of the most aha moments for us is going to be we're going to see the true love that God the father has for God the son. And we're going to begin to really recognize that that's how deeply he loves us. And it's going to blow us away. And Jesus is praying that they would come into unity so that the world will know that as the Father loved Jesus, the Father loves us. Ephesians 4, Paul gives this picture of the purpose of the church. In Ephesians 4, 12, he says this, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's it. That's what he wants the church to do is give apostles and prophets so we can raise people up to acts of service so that this may result. We reach unity, the knowledge of the Son of God. Well, what is this unity? What is this knowledge that he wants us to attain to? What is it? What's the unity in that knowledge? Is is the main focus on what we believe in regards to theological doctrines? Is that what he's talking about? Is he talking about what we believe about in it? Biblical inerrancy, hell, divine providence, free will, the book of Revelation, the historical Adam, the role of the works of the final judgment, eternal security, our miraculous gifts for today, creation and evolution, science and Christianity. I basically just went through all those four view books that I just talked about earlier. And what, what, what Paul was thinking about nowadays, we'd say like, okay, complete unity. would be like, uh, yeah, chapter four, that's the one we're unified in in that book. Uh, chapter four, three in that book. Chapter two in that book. Is that what his focus was? Is that the unity and the knowledge of the Son of God that he was wanting us to be unified in? Well, if we go back to the previous chapter, 
Paul prays for this church. And as he prays for this church, he gives that same term, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let's listen to his prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How are we filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, which he gives as the purpose of the church? As we attain the knowledge of how high and wide and deep and long is the love of God through Christ as we then grow into the full measure of Christ. What's the focus of his prayer? That we'd be thousands of friends with all our differences, growing together in our knowledge of the love of God. I believe that should be the foundation of our unity. Let's not let our theological bents, our philosophical ideas, our opinions of how things ought to work get in the way of us being united in knowing and growing together in our knowledge of the love of God. Guys, gotta be totally honest with you. A few of my closest friends over the last 20 years, we are so different in so many of our theological ideas. I'm talking my closest friends. I'm talking the friends that have helped me see, understand, and walk in the love of God more than anyone. We have some of the most different ideas. And we, I tell you, we could get into it too. We could have a lot of fun talking about different theological sides. But in the end of the day, we come to this understanding that we are loved by God through Christ. And whatever my idea of predestination or his idea of predestination or how did the whole world begin or how's it all going to end and rah, 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 all these kind of things, which are super fun to get into. In the end, we come down to this final thing that we are loved by God. And it's become some of the most powerful relationships in my life. Differences. You know, matter of fact, in, I think in some ways, well, I'll get to that in a second. Here's the second thing, okay? The second thing is this. Scott and I have this foundation that's only grown, that we have, our unity is focused on the call to love others. Our unity is focused on the call to love others. We read Romans 15, 5 earlier. It says this, May the God who gives us endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ. So what is the goal of the unity amongst ourselves? Like what's the ultimate goal Paul's thinking of here in Romans 15? Well, let's look at what he says right after that. Look at verse 6. So that, here's the goal. I want you, this endurance and encouragement to give us a spirit of unity. I want that so that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So with one heart, one mouth together, more than we ever could as individuals, we might glorify our God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ together. 
That's what the unity wants. That's what he wants the unity to accomplish. That we are bring, singing the praises of God. That our lives are bringing glory to God and people are seeing that. So look what he goes on to say then. So accept one another then. How are we going to do this? Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. It's when we accept each other, even with our differences, that I think our voice gets even louder. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the more different you can be in some ways, if you're unified and, you're, and the more different you are, when you live in unity, I think that unity is even more powerful. I mean, if, okay, hey, I'm not a football I'm not really into football. I'm just going, what do we have? Like a mother month, let's get this thing over with so we move on to other things, but whatever. So let's give you an example though. You know, if I'm a Charger fan and I just hang around Charger fans, whoop-de-doop-de, right? But if I'm a Charger fan that actually has a friend that's a Raider fan, I mean, that's a pretty crazy thing. It's like, are you kidding me? You guys are friends? I know people in the same family that are like Raider fan and Charger fans. It's like, well, your family must really be centered on love for you guys to keep up with each other, right? I mean, I know that's kind of, I know, I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek there, but you know what I mean. And, and we sit there and think, like, the way that our voice is going to sing the praise of God the most of are all, like, what we believe, we're all in together. I say, man, in a lot of ways, the more diverse we are with a central focus of Trusting in the love of God has for us through Christ and loving each other can be a very, very powerful statement to this world. Singing the praises of God as we are unified together. And everything that we do is kind of focused on that, you know, or, the, or those, those purpose statements that we have. Helping each other grow together in Christ's likeness is one of our statements. We do that because we want to love one another. Man, I'm not loving someone if I watch them just going down a road to destruction and not walk alongside them. What about when someone's going through tragedies, difficulties, walking alongside them, helping us grow together towards Christ's likeness is because we're called to love each other. Equipping the next generation, building strong families, helping people grow and helping people, that, uh, and helping people in need all flow out of this foundation to love others. Thousands of friends with all our differences growing together in our love for others. May our unity be based on our love for one another. May our unity be based on this idea that we believe we are loved by God through Christ. And may those two focuses trump any disunity that may come that might be based on how different we see things or the what we believe. If we focus on that, may, may, may we just not be disunified, disunified because of those things. I'm pretty excited about this next month that we're gonna do, this one more try. Let me give you just a little thing on it. One more try is this idea that we kind of tried to take what we hear out there, what's going on out there, why people are choosing to not come to church. I think one of the big reasons is, is our disunity. So we covered that one today, right? I think they wanna see the church actually love one another as they proclaim God loves them. So unity on these things is gonna be key. But there's also other things out there that really is causing people some struggles. Science, can we take science seriously and be Christians? There's a 
big, that's a, this is a big issue out there, right? So we're gonna cover that on one of the topics. It should be a lot of fun. Judging others. I got, a couple months ago, I gave you guys the statistic. This one group did a study across the nation and looked at people that used to go to church and aren't going to church anymore. 87% of them said one of the reasons why they don't go to church anymore is the church is too judgmental. I mean, to, to be a Christian, do we have to be judgmental? I, I got to tell you, there was an aha moment in my life when I came to the realization that I was not God. Oh, it was life-changing. Do you remember that life-changing moment in your life when you realized I wasn't God? I mean, the freedom that I don't have to be the moral, judgmental police on this world. And I don't like, oh, this world is going to hell in a handbag. You know, I didn't have to do that anymore. It was so freeing for me. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think to be a Christian, I need to just start pointing fingers and seeing the problems with everyone else and how sinful everyone is. And we're gonna talk about that. The feeling that you have to leave your brain at the door. Can Christians be thinkers, philosophical thinkers, sociological thinkers? Can we think? We're gonna cover that. The world is coming to an end. I still think people out there, they're going to come to church and when they come in, we're going to be standing here with our big old billboards, right? The world's coming to the end. You're going to hell, right? And I think people, man, the church, so we're going to talk about that. What is God's vision of the world? And maybe it's different. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a time to invite maybe family, friends, people at work to say, hey, these are some of the issues. These are some of the topics out there. Give it a try and let's take a look at how things might see a little different. Now, you guys be prepared because I'm hoping that as we go through, some of you are going to have a hard time with even some of the things that are talked about. That's awesome, right? Because the more diverse in some ways we can be, we keep that unity going. That could be a powerful voice of the real belief that we're loved by God through Christ, grace and grace alone, and called to love others as Christ has loved us. So I'm pretty excited about this month, especially if we can keep the unity with that focus. As the band comes up, and we're going to close with a song. I, I just want to read one last verse, and it's, I didn't put it up on the screen because I just want you guys to just listen to this verse. And it was one that kind of started me on this road of unity, um, and I'm just going to read it to end here. It's Colossians 3, verse 12, and it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love that binds them together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. I hope as we just move into 2017 and we think about all the different areas that we maybe want to grow and focus on, that we maybe want to grow in our unity with, I just hope that maybe one of the big things as a community as we grow in our unity, that we are loved by God through Christ and we are just overwhelmed by that. So as we discuss and talk and, 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 and just begin, begin a learning and growing community, that we, we always just make sure that we're narrowing down to that truth and that we are called to love others. 
And man, what an exciting, I mean, that, that the tent here of people coming, maybe they just haven't come for a long time and have walked away for certain reasons, may come and experience that. And then as we wrestle through different teachings and thoughts, we learn that we're a community that can look, grow together and learn together, wrestle with things together and keep unified. How awesome could that be? What a loud voice we could have for the glory of God and for other people seeing that. You pray with me, Father God, thank you so much for your, um, just the challenge of unity and, and it is hard, God, it's hard for me to, yeah, but what about this one thing? I, I just wanna always stand in awe that I am loved by you through Christ and may that, that, all, may that all never go away. May that be what unifies me with millions of people around this world, different denominations and, and different focuses and different ways of worshiping and different, different ideas of what they wanna be doing as a church, just all around the world, millions of people. And really the one reason why we gather is because we believe we're loved by you through the work of Christ and his death and resurrection. What a powerful foundation. And then we are called to love one another as you have loved us. May that foundation just resonate in our hearts and minds. May it impact our homes. May it impact our place of work, our schools. May it impact every relationship that we are a part of. May it impact this church in such a way that we have a deeper impact on this world. For your glory and your honor in Jesus' name.